Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick, not live from MTE. I'm actually at the shop. I hope everybody's enjoying MTE. By the time most of you hear this, it'll be Saturday. And you may be traveling back, and hopefully I can keep you company here on the Pints and Polishing podcast. It's uh, really exciting to get all the stuff that I, all the texts and calls and DMs I'm getting about uh, our booth at MTE. Marty's killing it, doing a great job as, as always with the podcast and can't thank all of the guests enough. Uh, I just hear so many great things and thanks everybody for the feedback. But let's get into the detailed car collection this week because boy, oh boy, do I have some stories. So one of the things I try to get across to guys as much as I can is, is this customer first mindset. One of the things I felt like we've done in detailing and car care as a whole is that we're in this position where we don't really do an excellent job talking about the customer experience and their experience first and working backwards from there. So we have an S63 AMG bins that's scheduled in for our level two paint correction and coating. And we are going to put a one-year ceramic on it, and we're going to do a one-step paint correction on it. This car wouldn't even be in my customer's hands. It would be traded in. We'd be dealing with a new AMG. But AMG is bringing none of these cars into the United States for this year. So she has to keep the car an extra year. So here's already where the customer-first mindset starts. We aren't going to put a five-year coating on this car because, quite frankly, she wouldn't own this car right now if it weren't for AMG's production issues, the pandemic, et cetera. So we just got to get her through the year, but she's so, such a great client and cares about her cars so much that we need to get this car into shape, and there's a reason why. So last year before AMG made this announcement, she thought she was getting a car at the end of the year. And it was only a few months away from a fiasco with this car. And I shared it on the podcast where we had somebody basically spray her wooden garage doors with a finish, lacquer, something like that, varnish, air gunned it, didn't cover up her car. It was all over the car. So we did our best to get this into shape so she could drive it around. And, you know, we knew what we were trying to do is get it to the finish line and get her trade in about a month, two later. AMG announces they're bringing no cars into the, uh, into the United States for 2022. So now we got to, her and I have a conversation. I said, Hey, my shop's going to be open at the beginning of next year. I'll be, you'll be one of the first cars we get in. And so we have a game plan. Well, that plan hit the skids today, or excuse, excuse me, hit the skids on Monday of this week. And I go, damn, I'm walking up we're doing a pickup for her because we pick up our clients' cars and bring them to the shop and make it real easy for my clients that way. And so I'm the one actually doing the pickup because I want to drive this bins around a little bit. I want to enjoy it. I, you know, I love the car. I've always loved those cars. So I want to drive it around a little bit. I'm kind of excited. You know, I don't do a get, get to do a lot of pickups. My guys do, but I don't. So I'm like, ah, hey, yeah, I'm going to go pick it up. It's near my house. So I go to pick it up and as soon as I open the garage door, I notice that we have a huge issue. And the huge issue is, quite frankly, that I can see the front bumper is off. 
walking up the garage. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Go up there. The passenger side front bumper is off the car. Basically, you know, the clip has come undone. The bracket behind is busted. Usually happens from pulling over a parking structure, backing out of the parking structure, ripping that part of the bumper. All of a sudden you've broken a couple clips, a couple things, and, and now you got to go to the body shop. So I call her and say, hey, I, I don't know if you know this, but your bumper's damaged. I knew she didn't know it because she's the perfect client. She would have called me and told me. And she just starts freaking out because she loves her cars. She goes, I don't even know when that would have happened. I haven't even driven the car very much, blah, 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 blah. She goes, well, I don't want you to lose any money. So take it, do all your services to it. Then I'll take it to a body shop. And for many people, they're going to go ahead and do that. And for me, we're not doing that. I said, no, we need to get this to the body shop. I don't want the body shop touching the car after I get it looking great for you. I don't want that experience for you. I need to take this vehicle in. So I said, hey, I'll handle it for you. Tell me what body shop you want me to take it to. I'll take it there for you. I'll handle it. You know, I'll figure everything out from there. The customer first mindset is the reason that the car doesn't come into my shop because guys, there's many people that are just going to say, well, it's on my schedule and it wasn't my fault. I'm going to, no, this is, this is a client of mine for 12 years. And the only way you get clients for 12 years is to take this mindset. And the mindset for me was, first of all, I don't want the body shop touching the car after me. I want to fix the body shop screwing up her bumper. Those of you that know, know. Those of you that are enthusiasts always have a detailer touch your car after the body shop. So we get it to the body shop. She's happy. The body shop tells me right off the rip. We're not going to be able to get this bracket for several weeks. So now I have to call her and say, hey, you're going to be without the car. Well, we have a Range Rover scheduled for Monday of next week. So she goes and gets a rental car. We're still going to be able to pick up a Range Rover. So we had her on back-to-back -back weeks for both of her cars. And, and you know what? She's such a perfect client. But I want this mindset and in in this to kind of set in for guys is I could have made the money. She would have never cared. She would have paid it. No problem. But there's two decisions I made with this car that 100%, I think most people in our industry don't talk about, which is, hey, man, I'm going to take a hit. So what did I do this week? Booked in other cars, got other things rolling, got to fit some cars in I wasn't going to be able to fit in. We made it work. I ended up doing very well this week at the shop. So it is what it is. We're booked out and you got to figure things out as you go when, when things pop up. But working on damaged vehicles is something, if you're a mobile guy, if you're a person at the shop, it doesn't matter. You either have to be very, very diligent in documenting that damage and making sure that you know, you're covered, or you have to bring it to the customer's attention right away. Like that's, that's our policy is I don't actually do documenting after the fact we document in the moment with the customer. And that's what I would suggest. I, I've tried it every way. We document right that second with the customer, whether that's a phone call where we get an acknowledgement that it's there. Uh, but most of the time on damaged vehicles, we don't do work. We, we just flat out refuse to do the work. Now, uh, if somebody's going to have a bumper ripped off and an aftermarket bumper put on or something like that, we may have a different discussion, but this is the importance of policies and procedures. And, and again, if you're an enthusiast listening to this and you're going to a detailer or a body shop, what you want to see is, is, is those are those types of policies and procedures. So 
That's how the week started. Then I got to go on a little bit of a rant because we had an episode recently where I talked about the most misunderstood thing in detailing is the clay bar. Boy, it just pops its head so often. Detailers misunderstand it, but all customers misunderstand it as well. So I get a call from a customer of mine, Lincoln Navigator Black Label Edition. I love these things. I've been, I, I, I love, love them for the last two years. I think they're just great large SUVs. They're the SUVs that... For me personally, I think are the best bang for the buck SUV uh, out there. And, and, and I've thought that for two years, they've been dominating that market. And I actually still think they're better than the new Cadillac or the new Tahoe or any of those things. Navigators are just a, a step above, in my opinion. So anyway, this thing probably has like four or 500 miles on it. It's only been in, you know, I, I've only maybe the last two months we've, we've been detailing it and maintenance it and all that kind of stuff. So the, the, the customer calls me and says, Oh, I, you know, I got all this stuff all over my car. And I'm like, what doesn't know, doesn't know what he hit, doesn't know anything. And so one of the craziest things he goes, well, you know, when it's out in the sun, you can wipe it with the rag. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. He's like, uh, I wiped it with a rag. It comes right off. And you know, you can probably just, you know, clay bar this off of there. I'm like, okay, clay bar it off there. I said, what is it? He's like, oh, it's not paint. It's not plaster. I, I, I don't know what it is. Guys, it is paint and it is everywhere. He obviously hit something on the bumper. He's embarrassed by it. It is splattered all over the navigator, all over it. Some of it's worse than others. It's up in the felt in the wheel well. But he's just convinced like, oh, no, when your guys come out here, they'll see it just comes right off. And my guys get out there and they go, dude, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And they're, they're not like that. They, they, they want to make the money. They're like, we can't do anything with this car. You won't believe it. So I got to leave the shop. I go down, I go. And as soon as I get there, I just can't believe it. It's everywhere. This stuff is literally all over the car. And I call him, I go, dude, there there's this, this is like four or five days worth of work. And it just goes silent. I said, what do you mean a clay bar? I said, you, you talk like you knew I'm down here that this is like, we're going to have to get this off and then polish the entire vehicle because of the damage we're going to cause getting it off there. So I walked through him and the bill is astronomical. And then he starts talking about insurance and then, and I go, I, I don't, unless you're going to tell them what happened here, you, you're in, you know, you may not, I don't know, man, you're going to have to figure that part out, but we can fix it. Here's what we're going to do. The point of the story for those of you that are listening that are car enthusiasts or whatever is this happened a few days before he called me. He thought he was devising a plan. And the fact of the matter is he just cost himself a few days on my schedule because we're booked out. So he's going to have to wait even longer now. Had he just told me in the moment, he would have been booked because we booked a whole bunch of stuff over the two days. So I'm going, what am I missing? And, and I think this is such an interesting conversation is what is it about cars where people are just willing to say, yeah, buff it out. You can just buff that out. Every detailer listening to this has heard that just buff it. Uh, that's not a buff job, dude. That's trim restoration or whatever. I mean, it, you just hear this stuff and this paint is everywhere. Clay bars not going to fix this problem. This is going to be a chemical situation that we're dealing with. 
So the best part to me, and, and, and the thing that makes me laugh, this isn't a thing like I didn't get mad with the customer. I just laugh when I say, when I think to myself, we live in a service-based economy, especially when it comes to cars. You can get anybody to do any service to your car you want. That's the economy that we are in America right now. We're a service-based economy, not, not a build stuff economy for the most part. So this guy who's, who's one of my great clients and I love him and, and I know he's going to listen to this because I told him I was going to talk about this, but I want people to, to, to understand that there's a way to pick up the phone and get what you want and actually get people to treat you better when you're calling for a service. See, when you act like you know it, know it all, it turns everybody off. Instead of picking up the phone and say, hey, man, I got a real problem. Nick, I got a real problem here. And the problem is I ran into something, no clue what it is. I got no idea how you're going to fix it, but I need you to come check it out. That was the way to pick up the phone. Instead, he told me he had a solution that all we had to do was come and do this and come and do that. That wasn't a solution at all. And when he talked to me, I had to talk him down off the ledge that he was on thinking he had a solution to then actually get to the point of fixing the problem. And all it did was, was give us 20 or 30 minutes of conversation that was pointless. Didn't fix the car. It didn't get us towards fixing the car. It was just this know-it-all moment. And it's like, why be a know-it-all in that, in that particular moment? I don't know. And it's the weirdest thing that I see when it comes to cars. One of the things that many people don't talk about when you're talking about customers, their car, the, the experience you want to give them, is that the only way to have a great experience is to be aligned with great service providers and allow those service providers to hold your hand and walk you through the process. So here I was going to come on this week, and let me be very frank about this. I was going to come on this week. We were going to talk about this job, this S63 AMG. Everything was, every wrench that could be thrown into my week was. No big deal. We solved it. But my customer with the S63 Benz has the best possible customer experience because all she does is listen to experts. That's why she's the ideal customer. She never, ever questions in a way that makes you think she's trying to be a know-it-all. She may ask you a question, but she asks you a question to be more informed, where this guy picks up the phone and goes, ah, you just got to clay bar it off. Come on, man. All you have to do is say, hey, I need your help. And that's a lesson for me too. That's how I want service providers that I use that I just, hey, you're the expert. Let's talk through it. Walk me through it. I got no problem. So I had to walk him through it. And that's where we ended up. Now, we had a cool uh, 2022 Raptor 37 edition performance package, whatever they call it, blue interior. We did some custom paint on the fenders and, and, and across the Ford badge and that kind of thing, new wheels, full detail. Then he gets hit by a box on the freeway. Got to do some polish work around the front headlight. And I got to tell you something. I'm pretty damn impressed with this Raptor. <laughs> I'm a guy that quite frankly have thought since gen one Raptor, which was the V8, which was a bulletproof engine ever since that gen one Raptor 
from Gen 2 to where we are now, those Raptors are trash. Anybody telling you differently doesn't know what they're talking about, in my opinion. Raptors have not been a good truck since the very first Raptor that they ever released. Ford may have done it with this truck. Now, I haven't driven a 2022 without all the special package, but this 37 performance package that's on this is an incredible package. And Ford deserves a lot of credit because they actually didn't chase a ton of horsepower. It's 450 horsepower, which is a lot, but I think TRX is over 700 uh, from Dodge. The thing I was impressed with is, is finally the interior looks like what it should look like for what Raptors cost. One of the things I've had a problem with Ford Raptors is they've been very expensive for what they are. They've largely been overpriced for a very long time for what you're getting. And then the interiors aren't on the level that they need to be on because I don't think Ford does a great job all the time. They do a lot of plastic, a lot of cheap stuff. This 37 performance package in the interior that they brought to the table, no question, this is 100% worth the money. And this is what I want people to get across. I know guys are going to be listening to this, that especially you know buddies of mine and customers of mine. I've been telling people not to buy Raptors for years. But part of being a, a car professional is I'm agnostic about this. When, when Ford released or when Lincoln released the new bodied navigator and they got it right, they got it right. I don't, I don't have any allegiance to anybody. I, that's the right vehicle to buy. And at this point in time, I have hundreds and hundreds of uh, navigators that have been bought because of my recommendation. Uh, same goes with this Raptor with the 37 package on it. I would recommend anybody buy it. If you have the money, if you're going to buy that type of truck, buy that truck. I would buy a Dodge TRX as well. I think that's a special vehicle. It's really fun to drive. If you're in the market for performance trucks, I don't know without this 37 package what the interior looks like on the 2020 Raptor, but they've always been underwhelming to me. This was a special interior to me. It's like, wow, they really thought this out. It feels high quality. It's about time Ford got their act together. But since Gen 1 Raptor, this is the only other Raptor that I've ever said I would recommend to anybody, but it's the 37, 2022, 37 performance package uh, Raptor. And, and it's, it's nasty. It's, it's a real cool vehicle. It was cool to get, get in it, driving around a little bit. Uh, they fixed some of the chassis shake as you go over bumps. For those saying they fixed it totally, I, I saw this. Uh, very, very reputable automotive journalist writing that. That's not true. They didn't fix the chassis shimmy all the way. Trucks have them. This one still has it. It's, it's definitely much better. I really like this Raptor. This is the first one since Gen 1 that I've said, no question I'd buy it. If you bought any other Raptor besides Gen 1 and this one, then I can't help you. You, you, you just like uh, being a suburban dad who thinks that they're going to go off-road, but they actually don't. Uh, I, I just never have been a Raptor guy. <laughs> and by the way, that was a joke. Relax. Uh, you know, I, I've never been a Raptor guy. I, I, they're just not that good for the price. And in my opinion, but this, this one is bad to the bone. And, and if, and if I could buy one, or if I was in the truck to buy or in the market to buy a truck like that, those performance type trucks, 2022 Ford Raptor with the, with the 37 performance package, unbelievable. So that was my week, guys. I thought I was going to get to come on here and talk about, you know, making SS63 Benz shine again. But, hey, 
you move on and you do your best. And, and I'm glad that we got a lot of customers fit in this week that would have been months and months in the future. So to everybody that's listened to all of you at MTE, uh, sorry, I couldn't be there. We thought we had a schedule. Things got thrown into it, but can't thank everybody enough for the support. I'll talk to you next week.